Blog Talk Radio. Yo, this is the Lightweight Champion of the World, Back Culture Radio. Tune in. Yes, he didn't win, 
But I must say that Brian Jennings has performed better in that fight than I've seen any competitor of Klitschko in recent years, you know, attributed to Klitschko slowing down, attributed to whatever you want, but he performed better than a lot of people we've seen in the ring with Klitschko this year. I was especially happy to see Vladdy get admonished for the clenching and holding that he does every fight and nobody checks him on. So that was a good look to see that. You know, what did you think of the fight, Ryan? Um, I thought BY did great, you know, considering what he was up against. I mean, nobody really expected him to to, to win a decision. That you know, that's just far fetched against Klitschko. He's he's never really had close decision fights. And when he's been knocked out, he he's winning the fight until he gets hurt and he couldn't really hurt Vlad. I mean he did land a couple of big shots, but Vlad, you know, his knees been buckled, you know, he didn't go down. Um, but he made it help for him. So this was like the closest decision fight Vlad has ever had. And mm-hmm. you just got to be immensely impressed with, with B-Watch's performance. Come, he's coming in a little bit. Nineteen fight experience, you know. Right. Uh, didn't, didn't have much of an amateur career. Like, started boxing, what, six years ago? So right. to, to do this to, uh, you know, 1996 super heavyweight Olympic gold medalist who has been champion for, like, nine, ten years now. Um, this was his 18th title of defense. That's just amazing. You know, it's like a throwback to uh, a heavyweight champion in the past, Tim Witherspoon from Philadelphia. You know, he didn't have many fights when he fought Larry Holmes, and he gave Holmes out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, it's just like a Philadelphia tradition. Yep. That that heart and that soul from that uh, long, silly fighting tradition. You know, let's just do a quick comparison. Not to be too shy. Well, I'm going to come off as shady. I'm really not intentionally being shady, but let's compare Brian Jennings, who comes from a football background, doesn't want to be called the guy from the football background. And let's compare him to, say, I don't know, Seth Mitchell. Imagine if Seth Mitchell was in the ring with Vladimir Klitschko. Brian Jennings has a hell of a chin because he was taking some some good blows. You know, Klitschko does that kind of digging jab, rapid, repetitive jab thing that he does. And he was taking some blows, and he just kept on coming. And there was nothing that Klitschko had that could put him down. And he just carried himself through – through 12 full rounds, you know, shout out to the people who called it to dis- call for it, that the result would be a decision. They called for a Jennings win, which I knew wasn't going to happen. But, you know, some people saw it, saw it close to being righter than we saw it. What was your, which, what was your prediction when we had the discussion last week? Oh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was playing for a Jennings knockout late. Um, I, I know it was going to win decision. Like even though the fight was close to my card, I actually had it even going into the championship rounds. But that's because mm-hmm. I, I scored three. I, I scored three rounds ten to ten because mm-hmm. you know I, a lot of those rounds are close, and I don't like the way that people always score a close round ten to nine because it swings the fight so far in one person's favor that it, you know you end up getting wide scorecards in close fights. So if I wasn't sure right. going around, I just I just called it ten to ten. You know, that's probably legitimate. I, I think more judges should do that. But, um, yeah, see, that, that round 10, uh, I thought Jennings won, and Klitschko finally had a point deducted. So that was like a 10-8 round. And, um, but then Klitschko, he, he, he turned it up in the championship rounds. And, and that last round especially, like, he, he, he started looking like, like you know, the great fight he was supposed to be. Because for the first 11 rounds, he, he just looked like uh, – you know, just another heavyweight champion, not not anybody exceptionally great. So mm-hmm. I think Bryant's style 
was a, a little confusing. But he the the way he he kind of used his, his his elbows and and forearms to to kind of negate some of Klitschko's standard you know punch punch grab tactics. Um, and he, he just didn't didn't know he couldn't get comfortable, and it just took him took him a long time. Like I didn't I didn't really see him start landing right hands clean until that last round, which was his best mm-hmm. round of the whole fight. Uh, before right, that, right. He, he was mostly just relying on you know pitter patter jabs. And when Vlad pitter patter with a jab, you know that still does damage. But you know it it wasn't the Chris jab. It was you know it, not, he 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 wasn't dropping he wasn't dropping bombs. I mean yeah you know Jenny does have a good chin, but um, he has been dropped before. Um, that a boy to a two power guy, and Crisco just really wasn't landing uh, great shots until that last round. Mhm. Absolutely. He was real slow getting started. You know. You know, Jennings kind of exposed the wear and tear and the age that you know father and time waits for no one. You know, all his movement around in the early rounds, you could tell that really had Klitschko kind of baffled, and he just didn't know what to do. And I wish that Jennings would have stuck with that a little bit longer than he did. But I think just you know the nature of wanting to come in and throw those big wild overhand rights and you know, things that he likes to do, just that desire to make a move kind of took over and it took him a little bit out of his game plan. But, you know, I liked what he was doing with the movement. When he goes back and he watches his fight, you know, these are things that he can carry into his next fight. And Brian Jennings is coming out of this really great on the big stage. A lot more people know his name now. And he considerably picked up more fans than – than the loss being a negative for him at this point in his career. Oh yeah, I think people you know tuned in because he was doing so well. I, well let's see, what, what were the viewership numbers? They averaged um, 1.637 million, and it peaked at 1.74 too. So that's a lot for HBO. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Um, yeah. Like the Lovegren, Kovalev, you know, none of these guys are those kind of numbers. You know, so heavy mm-hmm. heavyweights. Are kind of coming back, you know. Kind of coming back. I mean, Deontay yeah, Wilder yeah. fight with uh, Bernays Devern over on Showtime had like what one point two four or something average. Uh, that's that's uh, it's also a million, and that, that's an incredible amount for Showtime because they they often get broadcast to average like eight hundred k, seven hundred k, six hundred k. Um, you know, Showtime just doesn't doesn't have as, as much boxing viewership for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, Deontay on one point two four. That's amazing. So uh-huh. yeah, you, you got to hope for that uh, that the uh, Owada Klitschko fight. Can maybe get that on, on network TV like NBC, and that can do shit five six million people watching. Uh huh. Speaking of Wilder, you know, for those of you, I don't know if all of you are consumed by social media like I am. You know, I like to stay tuned into it. I must say, I was highly amused over the course of the week of watching Shannon Briggs troll Deontay Wilder and just get his troll on in general during the New York fight week. You know, it doesn't bother, he doesn't bother Brian Jennings too much, but he sure had a lot to say about um, Deontay Wilder or Beyonce Wilder, as he likes to call him. And, you know, they just had a lot of exchanges. Did you get a chance to see some of the videos with um, with uh, Deontay Wilder and – 
I didn't watch the videos, but I, I yeah, I know that they were going back and forth. Um, I think Briggs knows he has to wait for a fight with Klitschko for probably too long because mm-hmm. Fury, he, he's a WBO mandatory, and you know they're in negotiations for that fight right now. So I mean, he's just gonna he, he's gonna be waiting around a long time. And hey, Wilder, you know he's he's heavyweight champion, uh, <laughs> you know, so he's still he, he um, uh, what's his name? Shannon Briggs will still get paid good to fight a guy like Wilder, and a guy like Wilder, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience. Um, people still question his shin. Uh, Shannon Briggs getting lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least he, at least his chances get lucky a lot more than than they would be against uh, a guy like Vladimir. And then you know if he and if he does have a belt to 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 make that Vladimir fight, he he'd get probably ten million dollars to make that fight. And wow, then it's hard to pass that up. You know, to be honest, they can pay Shannon Briggs pretty much anything, and it'll be a good paycheck for him compared to what I imagine he's making fighting a tomato can that he's making. So they could pretty much pay him, you know, airfare and hotel and like a fight and he's good. You know, so, I mean, hey, God bless him. He was highly entertaining as usual, so we will see what happens to that with that. I am surprised at how underwhelmed, you know, segueing into the co-featured event, I am surprised at how underwhelming I, Iman Imam was. You know, I watched the entire fight. He clearly won the fight. I don't dispute the decision. I felt like then they were about 190 score by judge number three was a little bit ridiculous, if you ask me. It was a closer fight than that between him and Santana. But um, as a whole, I was largely underwhelmed by a Mary Mom's performance. What did you think of the young master? Bivens? Oh, I think I lost my co-host. I don't know if he's sick or what happened to my co-host or what happened. Brandon? Yeah, testing, testing. I, uh, oh, okay. One, one of my employers um, sent me a message and was trying to call me. I told him I was busy. Yeah, you, you, you tell him you're doing a broadcast right now called The Ruckus. You should, you should tune in. So, what did you think of Amir Imam's performance? I was underwhelmed. Amir Imam? Yeah, he won. I don't dispute that. I thought he that won. was he on the Shabbos no, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Saddam, Saddam Ali. Ali. Saddam yeah. Ali. Saddam Ali. Versus Ali. I thought he looked good. Versus Santana. <laughs> I thought he boxed too out of Santana. But a lot of people, you know, saw a, a different fight. Yeah, I don't doubt he won. He clearly won the fight. But I just wasn't that overly impressed by his performance. I well, expected something a little bit more dominant because Santana came to fight. And I yeah, expected you know, a little bit more too. of a dumb. Yeah, the guy, the guy has a resume. He's fought, you know, tough guys, and and bigger guys. So you know, mm-hmm. Saddam, Saddam was outweighed by a lot. So I mean, it's just no surprise that he didn't take Santana out. I thought he just, you know, landed the cleaning punches and you know moved around the ring well. Santana was just kind of, you know, kind of smother you with, with pressure, but he he walked in the punches. He, he didn't protect himself very well. And I, I didn't think he was effective with what he threw. What did um, what do you think he did well during the course of the fight? And what do you what 
alterations you think he could make going into future fights? Santana or Ali? Ali. Um, I thought he turned and um, boxed from from range well. Um, in the future, I think he should probably be less passive. Uh-huh. And um, you know, even if a guy is, is is not doing damage to him, to 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 not allow him to you know continuously throw punches, you know, because just connecting is is, is going to make perhaps not the judges, at least not not in this fight, but you know, huh. um, it'll it'll at least make fans you know think that you're losing. Yeah, I you know I'm I'm anxious to see more from him, especially since he just signed this. Uh, didn't he sign a big renewal or a big contract or something with uh, Golden Boy just prior to the fight? Oh, these men. But um, any anybody good that Golden Boy has, they're probably holding on for life and death because you know they got their suit without him. And, you know, we'll talk about that later, I guess. Okay. Well, let's see. I am uh, just now noticing our first guest. Um, he'll be on the line shortly. I just need to – I just realized I don't have his phone number. So we will be bringing on Frank Galarza in just a moment. While we are waiting, your favorite guy, Andre Ward, finally has an opponent scheduled to come back on June 20th at the Oracle Arena, I think is the name of the big arena there, in Oakland against Paul Smith, his first fight under the Rock Nation Sports banner, taking place in his backyard. So anticipate a good turnout there. I think I'll make the drive up from L.A. to go check out Andre Ward. But finally, we can stop calling him a commentator and start calling him a boxer again. It looks like they're going to be fighting at a catch weight. You know, Ryan, you know all things boxing. What do you think of this matchup between him and Paul Smith at 172 pounds? Um, I'm not very interested in the fight. I mean, because we saw him dominate a guy, dominated Paul Smith. So mm-hmm. Paul Smith has never really beaten a world class fighter ever. So now, now he's fighting the number one super middleweight in the world. Eh. I mean, you know, it's I can understand it uh, as a comeback fight, but I'm glad that no premium cable network picked this up. Um, now, the fact that it's on BET brings a whole whole bunch of comments I can make, but I, I will restrain myself. What? <laughs> I don't want to give the wrong. I, I want to give the wrong people fuel. But right, right. <laughs> I don't, okay, well, you know, la- without laughable. Without you know engaging in the obvious, do you think there's really a market of people who? regularly tune in to BET who are interested in seeing boxing on that network? I haven't seen a boxing match on BET since uh, Bernard Hopkins back in the 90s before, you know, he could get, you know, premium cable networks to, to you know, pay attention to him. You know, he was, he was a middleweight champion and everything, but, you know, it's like just wasn't marketable. Now, Ward, he's already passed that thing. He's already been... HBO Showtime. He's already made you know over a million dollars for. He's probably made over a million dollars for every one of his last couple of fights, uh, maybe three or four. So uh, to go to BET now, eh, it's kind of a step back. But you know he is the Rock Nation Sports, 
and mm-hmm. like they don't really have a relationship with any network like besides Fox Sports One, and you know it's, it's not like he could have got paid much fighting on there either. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something different. I mean, I guess I'm watching BET again. I, I don't know the last time I watched BET. Maybe, uh, maybe 106 in Park ten years ago, or some shit. But <laughs> speaking of 106 in Park, AJ and Freeze should be brought in to do the commentating for this fight. That that would what? definitely pique my interest. Oh my god! Well, free in the ring would probably pique your interest, but I don't know so much about AJ. <laughs> I don't know so much about AJ, but hey, you know, if Andy Martinez can get in the ring for a Rock Nation card, then why not AJ and Free? Hey, you know, it is what it is. As long as it's not like Bow Wow and Erica Mena, I'm good. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure if this is our guest. If two two nine, I think two two nine is one of our listeners. Um, let me pick up the two two nine and just make sure this is not our first uh, our first guest. And I am, of course, broadcasting from the home of the world's slowest Wi-Fi in Inglewood, California. My call is not connecting on the switchboard. If you're on the switchboard waiting for me to pick you up, I am so sorry. I don't know. I don't think this is our call, but I will do. I do now have uh, Frank's number, so I will give him a call and uh, bring him on to the show. Just one second. All right, we are now back with the ruckus. Uh, We are joined by... Super middleweight Frank Galarza. How are you doing tonight, Frank? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I am great. I'm great. You know, here, happy to talk about some boxing on a Tuesday night. I'm also joined by my co-host Ryan Bivens, who is based out of Philadelphia. Just in case you guys have uh, met or not met before, Ryan Bivens, He's Frank Galarza. He's close. He's close. <laughs> what up, man? Hello. Ryan? Ryan's a little yeah. under the weather today, oh. so he's popping in and out of the call, so he might be muting for some coffee. Come on, Ryan. Come on, man. Drink some ginger, you'll be all right. Ginger tea, man. <laughs> ginger. Ginger will make you, make you good, or get you a ginger, you know? You know. One. Oh, get you a ginger. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that'll work, too. So, Frank, you know, we are been watching your career. Tell us a little bit uh, about your last outing in the ring, and then we'll talk about uh, in the ring right now. Uh, well, my last fight, it was, uh, I, I had fun, man. It was just something that I just, you know, it was just, you know, I, I felt them out. I do what I do best, man. I feel them out, and then uh, I execute, and that was the goal. You know, we came, we had a job to do, and we got, we got the job done. Right, for those of you who, for those of our listeners who know your name but aren't as familiar with you, you know, talk a little bit about your fight style. How would you describe your fight style? Well, I mean, I don't, like, people consider me like a boxer puncher. Um, I I think I would consider myself the same thing as a boxer puncher. Uh, I like to bang a little bit, though. I like to brawl inside, you know, just kind of stay in the pocket. You know, so I don't know. It's my it's my thing, man. I, sometimes I get into the Mexican mode, which is you know, it just brings the fight. It's more action packed. It's more entertaining, and it just it gives fans what they want. 
Right, right. Who are some of your favorite uh, influences or boxers that have influenced uh, the style in which you perform from the past? Uh, Marvin Hagler is actually one of my biggest, like, I, I just love his style of boxing. You know, he could box. He was strong. He could punch. And, you know, when he needed to fight, man, he would fight. And he was, like, a real champion, a real warrior. And I think, you know, I really, like, kind of, like, try to image him in a way. But, you know, not really. But I just, like, I, I love Hagler as a fighter. In the fights that you've had your most success in, what type of fighter would you say you found yourself most successful against? What style? I don't know, man. I tend to, like, you know, it, it depends on my opponent. Honestly, I, I really that's a tough question to ask. It really depends on my opponent. The, you know, the quality, the quality of my opponent brings out the best of me, you know. So I'm, like, I'm one of those guys that, you know, based off my the, the opposition, you know, I tend to, like, increase with my opposition. So, as, you know, if my opposition is, like, better than me, I, I, I bring myself to that level where I, I get to, you know, that same level. And, you know, I put on a show, man. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, boxing starting to get really, really active in 2015. We've seen a lot of fighters and promoters and entities making a variety of moves. I'm sure yourself is no exception. What's next for you? You know, when is your next fight? Well, honestly, at this point, I really don't, I'm not. I'm unsure. You know, I'm just waiting for my manager to hear from you know the Bella Entertainment and just kind of let it go through the right channels and we take it from there, you know. But I'm still in preparation. I'm always training, so I just try to stay focused. I'm hungry. Definitely, you know, definitely needed in uh, the game because there's a lot of athletes out there that are kind of perpetrating these days. So, you know, it's always refreshing to see fighters come to the ring with that same hunger and intensity that leads to victory. Tell me a little bit about I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to call any names out, but we know fighters <laughs> who are a little, you know, a little spoiled, a little entitled. So, yeah, you, yeah, man. It's boxing, though. Boxing's changed a lot, man. So it's one of those things where you kind of got to accept and kind of go with the flow. But it's just like it's difficult, man. It's difficult, you know. It's like it's it's rare that you get a real fighter who's actually who wants to fight and who wants to put on a show, especially oh, yeah. for the fans, you know, for the people out there. And I think, you know, that's really what it's there for. You know, boxing, you go back to the old days of boxing, it was more, it was it was exciting, you know. It was like, it was something people wanted to see. Now we're competing with UFC. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's just like, I don't know, man. It changed a lot, man. Of the new developments in boxing, if you could change one thing about boxing as it is today, what would you change? I would change, I, I mean... I can't say the business. The business of boxing is always going to be the business of boxing. I would change. I, honestly, I, I don't think I like the, the route that is going now. I mean, I love the whole. Um, I love the whole. You know, the 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 network thing like NBC and you know that where people can watch it on basic channel Spike TV. You know, I thought those fights were actually really entertaining. Keith Thurman, you know, those guys they put on shows. But um, what I would take away from it is the. The whole entrance thing, and I feel like it's like wrestling, man. WWF, you know, it's <laughs> whole, you know, it's just like it's, it's for me. It feels scripted. It doesn't feel real and genuine. It just feels like it's just all, you know, everything is just a certain way. Like you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like that wasn't what boxing was about. Boxing was about entertaining the people. You know, it was entertaining the fans. It was just like putting on a show, and the way you put on a show is like, you know, you look at the ring entrances. 
for instance, Mayweather when he came out with the Caesar, you know, the the Roman the Roman outfit, the whole look. You know, that that was entertainment, man. That was what boxing was about at times, you know, with the whole... It just... I don't know, man. It's just very scripted now. Mm-hmm. With, with so many eyes on fighters these days and not in a positive method with social media and everybody's got a phone, has a camera, and want to be the first to report, you know, how do you feel... What do you think are the pros and cons of social media with boxing these days? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we just, with the media, it's good. The pros, with the the social media is actually benefits because, you know, you get to put yourself out there, you know, you're connected to the world, you know, it's worldwide. So as far as to expand on that, it's just like, you know, you could increase your fan base. You know, for me, I get messages from guys from New Zealand, and I'm like, really? You guys, you know, New Zealand, really? So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a, it, I think that's the pros of it. The cons of it, I mean, the cons is basically, you know, you got to watch what you do with everyone filming, you know, cameras, phones, you know, video phones and all that stuff that kind of puts you in a position where it's like you really need to secure your surroundings, the people you with, you know, how you act. You know, you, you want to be a professional, so you have to maintain a certain professionalism, you know, for the sport, especially, you know, Kids nowadays are easily, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of positive influence. So, you know, I'm more for the kids. So I want them to see something positive and something in a positive light than something negative. You know, I don't want to bring them to that place where it's like, you know, you have to be this kind of way. You know, you have to be ignorant or just, out of, you know, stand out of place just to cause a scene because that's what people want now. They want you to cause yeah. a scene. They want you to be loud and rowdy. And it's just like, is it worth it, you know, for what, for a little bit, for for three weeks of retweets, and then nobody even talks about it anymore. So you got to find the next niche, the the next the next thing to speak. You know, it's not a reality show. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage to walk the fine line between remaining entertaining but not doing so much that it receives negative attention? Like, how difficult is it for you to do that? It's- for me, it's not really difficult. I am who I am, you know, whether you like it or love it. At the end of the day, I'm a street kid, man. I'm a kid from the hood. They just put gloves on me. At so it's like all they did was just put gloves on me. Now I get to fight for free, and, you know, I get to fight freely without, without, you know, without, you know, just, um, you know, it's my job. It's my job. And I don't want to sound like, you know, in a way like, you know, I, I, I am a street kid. So I'm a kid that comes from the hood, who comes from the ghetto, who know what it's like to live that life. So, I, you know, I know both sides of the fence. And, you know, when they say, oh, the grass is green on the other side, you have to go on the other side, you know, or maintain your side of the grass to make it greener. So you just got to find the balance. And I got these kids that I got to influence, man. You know, I got my youth organization where it's just I have to be a positive outlook where, like, you know, I am, this is who I am. I'm always going to be me. But at the end of the day, I don't need to be arrogant and ignorant, you know, and just kind of, you know, talk out of my mind where, you know, people like, you know, is that really what they want? So I try to just, you know, maintain that, for the, especially for the kids, man. Exactly. You know, the children are so devoid of positive influence, so they need it in that at any opportunity and as many opportunities as they can get, especially young men who wander in a boxing gym. So it's definitely yeah, they, needed. They see so much negative already, you know. They see so much negative already, negativity out there in the world. So it's like, why am I going to? influence that, you know what I mean? Like, it's not even about that. It's about just doing what you love and just 
you know, 10,000 hours, just put in the work, discipline yourself and put in that work, man, and any dream is possible. Right, exactly. You mentioned uh, a little bit ago that you work with uh, your promoter, Lou DiBella. What, is, what has it been like working with Lou DiBella? I mean, I think DiBella's a great guy, honestly. I, you know, I've, I've spoke to him personally. I've met, you know, like meeting him. You know, he's very, like, just down to earth, very chill. I mean, working with him, you know, it's, you know, they've been, they took my career, you know, they've done good by me. So, I, you know, I can't really, and I just hope it continues to go that route. And, you know, I hope they just continue to put me in the best possible position. So I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm grateful. Absolutely. You know, veteran, long time in the game. So, you know, East Coast-based guy like yourself, I could see where you guys would have uh, some things in common. You know, we see a lot of fighters these days, well, not a lot, damn near everybody, kind of gravitating <laughs> to <laughs> the Al Heyman model. And I'm sure as someone who's been on network TV, and making your presence known, I'm sure you've been approached by it. What made you not go the Al Heyman route, or have you signed with Al Heyman, or are you going to sign with Al Heyman? What? Nah, that's not even. You know, I, I'm not. You know, I've I've uh, I've looked into it. You know, I've, people spoke to me about it. You know, at this moment right now, you know, I have my promoters. You know, I work with the Bella. I work with New Legend. So it's just like you know, I I have my I'm I'm established with my promoters. You know, I don't see the need to really actually sign with Heyman. You know, I mean, I can understand someone who's basically, who, who doesn't have a promoter, who doesn't have anyone backing them, that they could go without Heyman, you know, because then, it's, you know, it, 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 it works out perfect for them. They could just fight. The fights are set up for them, and they just kind of do what they want. But I kind of want to do my own thing, man. You know, like, I don't want to follow the wave. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I really don't want to follow the wave. Everyone's going against the wave and doing all this stuff. I kind of want to do my own thing, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you could envision, like, if you could map out your next three fights, how would you map it out? My next three fights, how would I map it out? Uh, you're talking about uh, as far as opponent-wise or? Um... Or just, you know, what would be your ideal situation? You know, we look at the super middleweight division. Andre Ward has finally come out of. Well, I wish I was a super middleweight. I I hate to I hate to disappoint you right now, but I'm not a super middleweight. I'm a super welterweight, one fifty four pounder. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I was, you know, I didn't know if you were, you know. I mean, I'm a skinny. Not, I'm a small guy. I'm a small guy. Believe it or not, I look I, big on TV. You you know you just tell people. Yeah, I look big on TV. I look bigger <laughs> off TV, but. No, I understand that. You know, let me let Ryan jump in. I'm kind of monopolizing all of the conversation flow, so I'm going to let my co-host jump in and ask a few questions. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh-oh. Maybe my dog. Hey, Frank. Um, hey, what's going nice on, buddy? Out that she got over huh? on the show tomorrow. How many technical knockouts I got overall? No, I said I said nice left hook knockouts you got when you first showed up. Oh, all right. That was oh, yeah, thank that, you. I'm that sorry, was nice. Bro. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you know we have a I think it's kind of the finish has been the finish twice on Showbox lately, so I don't know. <laughs> you trying to perfect that? Yeah, you know you you you've been having a good run lately. You know ever since you got that upset over uh, John Thompson, and uh, you know Thompson's going on to do good things. Um, he's he's got a boxing final coming up. How do you think he's going to do that? Uh, I mean, I, I, honestly, the kid is talented, man. I'm not even taking that away from the kid. The kid is talented. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll do well. I hope he does well. 
You know, I know his opponent, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is a lefty, correct? Um, Brandon Adams, is he a softball? I'm not sure. Might, he might be the southpaw. That kid is tough, man. He's strong, and he comes to fight. So, I mean, like, as long as he's, um, you know, he's aware of his opponent, I'm sure that, uh, you know, he'll do just fine, man. Um, would you say that he's your best one um, in your career so far? Uh, yeah, I want to say so far he's, he's been my best one, yeah. Um, you know, so far all your bouts have been scheduled for eight or less. Uh, are we looking at a, a, a title fight for 10 or 12 pretty soon? Yeah, I was hoping. I was hoping, you know, we actually, we, the last fight with Sheldon Moore, we told him that we wanted a 10-rounder, but apparently he didn't want the 10-rounder. So I'm hoping we yeah, start well. doing 10 and 12. Do you do you know if you're rated by any of the uh, you know organizations ABC, WBA, IBF? I don't know. I don't really. I, honestly, I don't think I really like take notice of that. I just focus on like fighting, man. That's my thing. Like I don't really. I, I don't really know. I can be honest with you. I, really, I don't know. Maybe I should pay more attention to that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your fight. <laughs> you know, you tell them, you, know, you got to contact them. People say, yo, you got me rated such and such, man. I need a fight. Or, well, you know, you could, or you could come on this show. We like to troll the WBA relentlessly. So <laughs> yeah, we, we can help you with the WBA fights. We can't stand we can the WBA. We can help you with uh, WBC, IBF, WBA. We'll help you with those fights. But WBA, nah. We nah. will help but you out. I have a W. I, I have a WBC Latino uh, Latin American title. So I might be ranked with WBC. I'm not sure. I think it might have. Last time I I heard something, I was like top twenty. I think. No, let me check right now. Why you guys don't like WBA? I I, I have to I have to interview you guys now. Why you guys don't like WBA? I okay, don't care. because I could go to the WBA right now and tell them I need a belt. And they probably would give it to me if I came with my wife. Well, I was about to, I was about to go. I was like, well, maybe I should do that. You know, I could go to the WBA right now and say, you know, I need a sanctioned fight for the Inglewood, California Super Middleweight Championship International Black Woman Belt. Just, make, I, just create a belt. Hey, listen, just, just make a belt for me for my for my uh. For my community, all right? I want to fight in, in my hometown. Exactly. Any sanctioning body that has a regular champion, a super champion, an interim champion, all in the same weight class, and who is the best of, of the weight class? If you can just there make is, a innocuous belt for no reason. That's actually the problem there, too. You know, you got to really think, consider that because that's, that's one of the big uh, – that's one of the big issues now that, you know, people are just getting random belts now. It's like, all right, where's this guy world champion? Of, you know, what did he do to actually win this title? You know, so it's like, it, it's, a, it's a boxing, man. I don't know. I love you, boxing. I love you, but Jesus. Boxing is like the sexy girlfriend that's crazy as hell. You love her to death, but she's crazy and don't want to act right. Yeah. But yeah, you still love her. Yeah, you don't know her. what's going to happen next. You don't know what's going to happen next in boxing. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Right. You know, I, before uh, I looked you up. Go ahead, Ryan. I looked you up in the WBC Ryan. rankings. You have you're rated number twenty nine by the WBC. And uh, uh looking at the, looking at the top fifteen, which 
older guys are like in the uh, the world title and international title contention. Carson Jones is, is number fifteen, and I think that would be a very Who? good fight for you, Carson Jones. Who? You know, because he, he's been on TV, uh, people know him. Um, so I think like you know Showtime or whatever network here in the states would would pick up a fight between you and him since he's rated fifteen. Went over him, put you in the top fifteen. There we go. There we go. We can start the I'll Twitter campaign party. tonight. We call him tonight. <laughs> I don't even know Percy Jones, but whatever. I'll fight him. We gonna get his Twitter. We gonna start Carson trolling Jones tonight. Why you? Why you dunking? A couple Prince of fights with Kel Brook at welterweight. Um, he the first fight he gave Brook all he could handle. He lost the majority of the decision. Uh, next fight he got knocked out. Since then he's come back. He just went over to the UK again um, and uh, upset Brian Rose with a first round knockout. So yeah, he's rated at um, he's rated at 154 now. He's got a vacant WBC International Super Welterweight title. There it is. There it is. You know, yeah, he's like a you know um, a journeyman type guy. You know, he just uh, goes where the money is. Like he retired not that long ago, but he came out the money, came out of retirement. I guess you know they offered him some money. So you know, your people throw some money at him. I'm sure he'll take the fight. <laughs> Frank, you got that. Frank, you got that. <laughs> you know what? Look, at this point, I don't even care, man. Like I said, I'm hungry, yeah. Uh. You got that. That's a winnable fight for you right there. And it agrees Ooh, right kill him. Kill him. Okay. There. there you go. There you go. Well, Frank, before we wrap up with you and bring on our next guest, you know, if you can, listen to the show because it's about to get live. Um, our next guest got a lot to get off his chest. You know, tell the listeners where they can keep up with you on social media and support you and keep an eye on your career. Man, that sounds intense. Your next, uh, your next uh, interview sounds really intense. I, I, I wish you guys luck, honestly. Thank you. But um, <laughs> but um, they can always follow me on uh, notorious underscore fg on my Twitter page, and uh, my Instagram is bk underscore rocky. All right, that sounds great. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Any last words uh, for the listeners before you take off? I just want to thank you guys, man. I really appreciate you allowing me, you know, putting me on this. You know, it's a, it, it just means a lot. You know, at least I'm getting some recognition out there, and I, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, I just want to thank my my promoters, New Legend, uh, Lou DeBella, and uh, my management man, Elite Boxing, AJ Galante. Yeah, you know, he's been, uh, you know, we've been working, man. We grinding. We here. We here. Don't sleep on me. Hashtag that. Hashtag that. We here. We out here. All right, Frank, good luck. We're looking forward to seeing you in the ring very, very soon. Yes, thank you, guys. Good All right, take care. Take it, take it easy. All right. So those of you for those of you just listening in, of course, we were joined by Frank Galarza. You know, we're going to keep an eye on, out for him to see when he's next in the ring fighting at super welterweight, not super middleweight, as I please excuse my, my misspeaking. You know, I'm trying to put weight on the man. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, she probably walks him. around super middleweight. I know. Well, I mean, you know, we got super middleweight work walking around at super heavyweight. So, hey, with a few more pounds. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so, uh, we got about two minutes uh, before we bring in our next guest. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, I'm having some technical issues, even more so than normal at the crib. So when you were speaking earlier, I kind, we could kind of hear you, but kind of not hear you, so I don't know what happened. But, we, but you're all good now. 
And then my dog yeah. started going okay. crazy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Billy dog Jean. barking. I was like, where did this come from? Billy Jean, what, he want to fight, too. You know, he think he a badass. So he, uh, he want to get it. He want to get that work, too. So let me go ahead and dial in our next guest. I don't. Just one second. I'm going to dial in our next guest, Vince Caruso. Vince Caruso, our next guest, is the manager for Najee Mohammadi, who is a light heavyweight. He is now Sergey Kovalev's mandatory for the IBF light heavyweight title. He is, um, you know, he's been a mandatory for a while. He stepped aside so that Kovalev could get the fight with uh, Bernard Hopkins and also... Uh, what was the fight that Kovalev had before Bernard Hopkins? Kovalev had Bernard. Yeah. Um, wasn't that Blake Caparello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe he uh, stepped aside for him to take that fight too. Well, they have had enough of the stepping aside, and they're ready to to execute. So we're going to bring him on and let him talk a little bit about that about the negotiation process and all of that. So just one second. Check your tweet out, oh, I, I'm not sure because I haven't been. Oh, he's already on the line in the queue. Look at that. Vince Caruso, welcome to the restaurant. Yes. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm alive. I haven't put my head through a wall yet, but I'm alive. I'm here. Is Ryan there with you? Ryan, yeah, are you there? You know, Ryan. Hey, how you yeah. doing, brother? How you doing, man? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm checking if uh, I got your Twitter handle right. Is it uh, Vivacious Vince? Vivacious Vince, that's right. Okay. At Vivacious All right. Vince. All right, cool. Excellent. So, Vince, talk to us. You know, last time we were with you was just prior to Najib Mohammadi's fight on the Kovalev undercard had a spectacular victory, and now we are in the aftermath. As we know, uh, he w- he is Kovalev's mandatory. Talk a little bit about, you know, where negotiations are going for a fight with uh, Kovalev. I thought that they were going to have something signed by April 16th. Well, you know, yeah, I've had so many writers and hosts like yourself uh, emailing me and, and, and texting me all day, want to know what's going on, Vince, where do we stand, uh, what's the announcement. And to be honest with you, you know, the IBF, as you said correctly, two days after Najib and both Sergey won in Montreal uh, on the 14th of March, on the 16th, which was a Monday, uh, they sent out letters to both parties and said you have 30 days uh, to complete a deal uh, for this mandatory. Uh, now, normally, you figure two fighters under the same roof, negotiations would go smooth, uh, and they would be pretty much hassle-free. I mean, we both know what the expectations are. I'm certainly not going to price my guy out of the market. I know the market price for a, a challenge to a unified uh, a title, whether it be light heavyweight, a heavyweight, or whatever it may be. I've been in the business 21 years almost. Um, I didn't hear any response. My co-manager, John Ali, didn't hear any response until the 26th day of the 30-day period. The 26th day. I, uh, during that time, I kept calling the IBF and saying, hey, listen, we have not heard from our promoter. We've reached out to about four different emails to Kathy Duva, CC to Jolene, her vice president and matchmaker, never heard back. It was always, well, we're meeting with HBO on Monday. Then we're meeting with HBO on Friday. 
and we're meeting with HBO next Wednesday, and all these meetings with HBO and <laughs> nothing. Uh, of course, let's keep in mind that during this time, the WBC snuck in that uh, purse bid call for the next day, April 17th, for the unification mm-hmm. with Kovalev and Stevenson. So, uh-huh. I, I mean, listen, I, I, may, I, may, I may be a high school dropout, but I'm a street guy. And I, I can tell you right now, all those meetings they had at HBO, Najib Mohammadi's name did not come out of anyone's mouth in those meetings. I can most <laughs> guarantee you that. Uh, that wow. was the garner of what do we do. So the main thing is is uh, they did send one correspondence back to, uh, to Lindsay Tucker over at the uh, IVF, and it was, oh, don't worry, Mohammadi's with us. It'll get done. That right there raised a red flag. I said, guys, listen, we're going to get a take-it-or-leave-it offer, and it's going to be so ridiculously low, you're probably going to choke on your tongues. So just be ready for what our alternative plans are. I never like to walk into a room without an A, B, or C game plan. I always have two ways out. Always have to do that. I don't care if it's at a social event. I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's a relationship. I always have a plan B and a plan C. You have to. So um, I sat down with our team. We waited. Sure enough, on the 26th day, we got an offer on a Friday afternoon at 5.30 p.m., right before the weekend when, of course, business is closed, and, uh, and we would have less of a time uh, to negotiate, and it was a ridiculous offer. And for, the sake of, uh, and for the sake of negotiations that are still ongoing, I will keep that private. Uh, of course, it will be public record once the contract is signed, if it is signed, uh, because uh-huh. we're right now hanging on a stipulation that is just uh, ridiculously stupid. Uh, we came to the point where it was, hey, listen, this is a very insulting offer. I mean, insulting uh, for a unified championship against, outside of Mr. Mayweather and Mr. Pacquiao, the most popular fighter in boxing today who just pulled a 1.2 rating against uh, Jean Pascal and a 1.5 rating against uh, Bernard Hopkins. Uh, oh, by the way, fights that we let happen because we stepped aside. Okay, so pretty much we helped Sergey Kovalev become the fighter he is today. He's a millionaire and garnering over a million dollars in purses because we let him fight Bernard Hopkins. We let him fight Jean Pascal because we were under the same umbrella. And under well, that umbrella, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. To, to, to be fair. Uh... Reports came out that Kovalev really only walked away with like two hundred and fifty thousand of dollars from that Hopkins fight. Yeah, sure. And you know what? He was only the WBO champ at the time, and, and honestly, he probably got what I believe was market value, and market value for that would have been between five hundred and six hundred thousand dollars. I believe his exact purse was five hundred thousand. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then that yep. was his gross, and then his net was two. And that's market value. That's market value, and that was for the WBO and the IBF and the WBA titles, correct? That was for right. all three. I get that. Uh, I mean, for a unification, I would expect a little more if I was his representative, but, hey, that's on his management and him. That's not my business. But the fact of the matter is, is we could have pressed that issue and we could have fought Bernard Hopkins, not had to sign with main events. We could have signed with Oscar de la Hoya. We could have gotten a very good payday. And to be honest with you, I believe in my product. I think he would have beat him. I think uh, Mohammed, uh, hey, he's got a heart like I've never seen. But the bottom line is this. Is we, for the better of business, we sat down with Kathy, 
we said, you know what? Let's let the uh, let's let the Hopkins fight happen. We'll sign with you, and then all we want is Kovalev or Hopkins next. The winner of that fight, we want him next. Well, what happened is as soon as Hopkins won, I mean, uh, um, he defeated Hopkins. He was the unified champ, and we're expecting to hear from them. We didn't hear from them. I said, guys, it's ten days already. Let's let's reach out. Hey, Kathy, what's going on? Well, HBO doesn't want Kovalev Muhammadi. Okay. So then my rebuttal was, in what state does HBO hold a promoter's license? <laughs> They're promoters? No, no, I'm being serious. Well, Peter, uh, 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 who? There's no Peter promotional I know. You, you see where I'm going with this? HBO is a network. They're not a promoter. They're a network. Yeah. It, it so, feels like uh, Native Events has kind of become a slave to HBO these days. Exactly. But, but let's think about this. Let, let's even let's let's turn it political for just a minute, just a minute. We're, we're hearing about Al Heyman and how Al Heyman is violating the Ali Act and violating it because he's acting like a promoter. What do you think HBO is doing? Oh, but wait a second. The man who scripted the Ali Act is named Senator John McCain. Can you tell me in 2008 who was John McCain's number one financial supporter? I'm sorry, number two, behind the Cook Brothers. It was Time Warner. Time Warner owns, wait for it, HBO. There you go. And and, and miraculously, they're excluded from the Ali Act. So you do the math there. The bottom line is this, that this young man, this hardworking kid who, who, believe you me, impresses me every day with his dedication to the sport. He said, you know what? It's okay, Vince. I'll take the time. I'll get with Abel Sanchez. I'll learn from the guy who trained Kovalov how to beat Kovalov, and I'll do it. I will not let you down, Vince. I said, all right. I said, I'll tell you what. Let me negotiate a a deal. We'll get you a favorable fight. I wanted somebody better on the Pascal undercard. I I wanted somebody better. We wound up getting a guy who was 8-1. I asked for guys like Tommy Carponce, who was coming off of a win over Chad Dawson. I asked for guys... uh, I asked for guys, uh, 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 Marcus Oliveira, who was with Don King, who was a very dear friend of mine. I could have made that fight on my own. But no, I was told, no, 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 we can't do that. Uh, Carpazzi's with Al Heyman. No, he's not. He's not with Al Heyman. He's with a local promoter in Pittsburgh. And then we had another fighter that, oh, well, he's with Al Heyman. No, he's not with Al Heyman. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So what if he is with Al Heyman? You don't have to make the deal. I will. Just tell me the budget. This is the problem I'm having. You see what I mean? Suspect business practice here. Suspect. Bottom line is this. I asked for something credible because I knew we were next in line. We let the Kovalev-Pascal fight happen. I knew we were going to be next in line. I wanted somebody credible so I could wind up on HBO and they could do it as a prelude to the mandatory of what was to come. They Uh said, we only have... We only have two spots on the card. Steve Cunningham and Zard Glasgow will be the other. Well, miraculously, two days after we signed a contract to fight Lee Campbell, now all of a sudden there's three spots, and Isaac Cholemba takes over the third spot. Isaac Cholemba, who is not a mandatory to any of the titles. He's a mandatory in the WBC, which no, no WBC title was on the line that evening because the champions of Donna Stevenson. There was mm-hmm. nothing... and. And correct me if I'm wrong, the guy he fought, I mean, even though he had a what, 17-0 record, he was garbage. 
total garbage. The guy went in there and quit in the fifth round. And it was, I mean, watching that fight was the equivalent of watching paint drying on the wall. And the bottom line was this. If you knew Mohammedy, if you signed Mohammedy to a promotional contract, you have to put his best interest at heart. You knew he was going to be next for Kovalev. You knew it. If you played by the rules, he was going to be next for Kovalev, and you didn't put him on the broadcast. And, Deandra, I sent you in your email, you will see it now, the day that you were at that press luncheon that we did in Los Angeles. You were there. My friend Radio Rahim was there. Steve Kim was there. A lot of predominant writers were there. And you saw the lion's share of the interviews were mostly comedy and myself. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. We sat down for a long time with you guys. Okay. Now, you see the press release from main events there, correct? The one that I sent you. It's in your mailbox. You see everybody listed there. You see Igus Klamis, the manager of Sergey Kovalev. He's listed in there. You have Buddy McGirt, the trainer of Isaac Chuanda. He's listed in there. You have some Russian guy. I can't even pronounce his name. He's the trainer of Lepenkin. He's listed in there. Do you see Vince Caruso's name in there anywhere? No. Do you you see anything outside of a generic five sentences from Najib Mohammadi in there? Think about it. But you are correct. Think about it. Think about it. You hold me down so you don't have to pay me when it's time to get down. And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. And we did not get that. We were set up. We were stowed. We were pushed to the back. So then when it came time to fight Kovalev, it could be like, well, HBO doesn't want to pay you, and nobody knows you. Bullshit. Nobody. We knocked out Anatoly Duchenko on national TV, NBC, right there. I mean, seriously, it's, this has been, it's been terrible. We are now have had two extensions. We have now uh, raised the financial uh, uh, particulars a little bit, nowhere near even what should be the standard. I mean, I know what the standard is, but, you know, I tried to explain this to Kathy. Kathy, I don't like your offer. I would like to submit for purse bid. I would like a purse bid because you have a fighter that pulls in 1.5 million people on pay TV. What would happen if he was on free TV? How much do you think he would do? If he's pulling 1.5 million on pay TV, HBO, what do you think he would do on CBS or NBC or or Spike or whatever? Maybe Mr. Aaron's uh, true TV. My response, the response I got back, you're in bed with Al Heyman, just as I suspected. (laughs) You're working for Al Heyman. Oh. Al Heyman? <laughs> Al, Al, hi, I'm Vince Caruso, the guy who calls Al Heyman out on everything. I mean, do you know? I, really, it's like... They listen, don't follow you on Facebook, sure. clearly. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, you know that. You, they, they, obviously, you don't hear my rhetoric. I take you to task. And if I don't like you, I'm all over you like a pit bull. Where have I ever been a fan of Al Heyman? Al Heyman pushes guys like me out at the back door. The way that Walmart ate up the mom and pop stores. There's no use mm-hmm. for agents or managers like myself. I'm not Aegis Cleanest. I'm not walking around or working with a war chest here. I'm a guy who gets out there and busts his ass for his clients and takes a, a, an interest in his clients. That's why I only have two. I'm not out there trying mm-hmm. to sign fighters. I see something in somebody, and I see a champion, and I roll with it, and I ride it out until we win. And if we don't, I still got your back. You see what I mean? Al Heyman. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I said, Kathy, 
did you ever think I'm actually fucking smart and I know this business a little bit? I didn't learn this business from watching honest business practices. I learned from watching my brother Marco Barrera get ripped off twice. Uh. That's how I learned it. I mean, come on now. I know the okie doke when I see the okie doke. And that's exactly what was happening. And here, and you know, you got their fighter is running around Los Angeles, Sergey Kovalev, going to gyms of people that I know that are like family to me and voicing his displeasure in the fact that, as Ryan pointed out, why am I only walking away with $250,000 for fighting one of the best fighters in the world? So he's upset financially. You see where I'm going with this? Look, man, bottom line is this. I've had to hear from in the, in the 90s and the 80s it was how bad Don King was. Well, let me tell you, Don King ain't never did me wrong. And I did business with the man for 15 years, never stole my sights, never tried to backdoor me with my clients, never. And now we're hearing how bad Al Heyman is. But yet Al Heyman's people, through a promoter, contacted a fighter in Florida who was 18 and old, who had no names on his resume, to fight Adonis Stevenson, the spot that Saki Obika had, to fight Adonis Stevenson and offered him $600,000. And that is nowhere near... That is nowhere near what they're trying to give us to fight a guy who killed a guy in the ring and is the unified champ. And like I said, outside of Mayweather Pacquiao, brings in the highest ratings. We didn't get a thank you. We got a fuck you. That's exactly what happened. And that's exactly what happened. Look, look, normally I wouldn't say anything. Normally I let it, I let it play out. But it's so bad now that the lawyers are involved. Lawyers, believe me, I've been in a room with pimps and hoes, and I've been amongst more trust with them than a room full of lawyers. And that's the truth. That's the truth. The bottom line is this. This young man, Najib Mohammadi, has earned this shot. He's been the number one contender for almost a year. He stepped aside. He stepped aside twice to let this guy build his product. Now you should reward him. Do you know what's holding up this fight right now? Because we've already agreed on the bullshit purse. We've already agreed on all the other bullshit they've thrown at us. Because we just want to kick this motherfucker's ass. But let me tell you something. Do you know what's holding up this fight right now? Kovalov has Break three belts. Kovalov has three belts. We are the number one contender in one of those sanctioning bodies. And that's the IBF. Contractually and legally, that is the only sanctioning body we should be fighting for. Now, you know when you fight for a title, you have to pay a 3% sanction fee, okay? Uh-huh. They're trying to tell us, uh-uh, you've got to fight for all three titles. I said, no, I don't. I'm not the mandatory in the WBA, and I'm certainly not the mandatory in WBO. No, so I'm not fighting. You've already disgraced this young man by such a low-ball offer. I, now you want me to go take another 6% off of this purse to pay to make your champion look elite to walk oh, in there wait, with all wait, the did they try to get you to pay 3% on all of them? Because when it's a unification, they have, like, a reduced fee policy. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Ryan. You're right. It goes to 2%. I'm sorry. It goes 1% down from each one. So it would be 2%. But the bottom line is I'm not paying 1%. I don't like the WBO. I don't like the WBA. I certainly don't like the WBC. I only support the IBF. I've been a member. I've been a, a, a supporting member. For 20 years since I've been in this business, I've gone to the convention. Bobby Lee, the former president, is, one, is, is a guy I used to look up to. Bobby Lee's a great man. 
And now it's run by his nephew, Daryl Peoples, another great man. But, I mean, the bottom line is this. You're going to hold up a fight for 4%. Let's just say 4% of, of this low-ball offer that you gave us. But yet you're going to let your fighter go pay $40,000 for a, some bullshit WBC belt. He could have it made when he fought Pascal. And now, see, they don't have a promoter uh, fighter relationship with Kovalev. Oh, no. Now it's Crusher Promotions in association with main events. You see? Oh. Sergey Kovalev is trying to mimic Gennady Golovkin. That's what he's trying to do. All right? That's what he's trying to do. So they're in a partnership. So look here, man. You paid $40,000 to get yourself some phony baloney belt made from the WBC. Any up $8,000 or $9,000, $12,000 and pay the sanctioning fee if you want to put your three titles up. I ain't paying it because if we win, I'm taking those titles and I'm throwing them in the trash because they don't mean <laughs> nothing to me. The IBF, the IBF is American-owned. And we are fighting in America, and we will support American business. I'm not supporting Latino business, and I'm half Latino. The bottom line is this, man. We are the mandatory in the IBF. Maybe if you paid the kid what we asked, I would graciously fight for all three titles. But you insulted me, you get no quarter from me, none whatsoever. And the bottom line is, my opinion on Sergey Kovalev has drastically went down in the last 10 days, 7 to 10 days, after I've seen that disgusting, racist tweet he put out. He's a racist. That's what he is. I don't care how you try to, well, my, my promoter told me how to, you ain't got a black person working in the office. What are they going to tell you about race relations in this country? The bottom line is this. That was a racist tweet, and now it's personal, because you know I don't roll like that. I am diverse as diverse can be, and I don't like that. That was low, and let me tell you something. If an NBA owner who has billions, had to forcefully sell his team because he made the same type of comment, why is this man still a champion? Why can this man not have a hearing in front of an athletic commission to answer for what he did? But we want to crucify Floyd Mayweather for his supposed domestic violence, which he was tried, convicted, and served his time for? Now, come on. Double standard, or am I just rambling here? Yeah, you know, society has different rules for different people, depending on what side of the uh, paper bag you are. You and, know? and what hurts people... me most, let me tell you, Joshua, not to interrupt you, young lady, but what hurts me most, the IBF is African-American owned and operated, and they're silent. Mm-hmm. Crickets. That's all I hear, crickets. Where is the statement from President Peoples? Where is the apology? You're going to make the, oh, I'm sorry, I'm from Russia. Motherfucker, you've been in this country for 15 years. Who are you kidding? <laughs> and you're living in California, there's folk all over the place out there. And I'm sure now a lot of them want to meet Mr. Kovalev for his comments, too. But the bottom line is this, man. HBO permits this man on their network, but you're going to tell me, my, my warrior, my, my charge, my man, Mohammed, who's a blood and guts guy who takes time when he's not fighting to help cancer patients. He's invited these terminally ill cancer patients to his fight that will be sitting ringside to support him, terminally ill with six months left. And you're going to tell me my man's not good enough for your network, but a racist is? 
shit. You tell me if I'm wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. Because everything I got, I got documented with documents. It's not hearsay. It's documents. You are you are preaching, preaching tonight. So knowing all of this, is there any way to right the ship in terms of the fight? Do you think it's possible they could come back to the table with you with something a little bit more acceptable? Or what do you do at this point? Look here. As soon as we get this little bullshit thing going over for this uh, percentage or this fee or whatever they want, and believe me, so many people want us to uh, us to kick this dude's ass. I'll probably get enough donation. I'll probably get twelve thousand dollars in donations to cover it. Let me tell you something. You get- we're gonna kick, we're gonna destroy this guy. And if you don't believe me, I swear, just watch. I swear to you, Abel Sanchez is a genius. And when I say a yeah. genius, he knows what Kovalev's weaknesses are. We've watched them. We've done our homework. We've been living, breathing, eating this. I'm up in that camp. You think Agus Clemens was up in the camp with Kovalev, sweating and running and, and, and studying? No, he's not. No, he's not. He, but I'm up there with my boy. Exactly. I'm up there with my boy, Mohammed, and my co-manager, John Ali, and we are going over film every day. We know what the weakness is. Abel Sanchez knows what the weakness is. Gennady Golovkin, our friend, knows the weaknesses of Kovalev. We're going to expose him. You saw already that the man can be hit. You saw already the man gets flustered. We know what to do. We got our game plan, and I tell you this, if we don't win the fight, we're sure damn going to look good. And then HBO is going to kiss my ring. Kiss the ring. I've got to ask you one question. Were you in any way tutored by Rock Newman? <laughs> you know, not at all, but Rock Newman and I have a mutual friend, an old cat out there named Sid Silver. Rock Newman's a good man. I like Rock Newman. I remember all the time I used to talk to him when I used to see him in the 90s all the time when he would come out here with Bo. He's a good man. I like Rock. Yeah, because that, that, that's the first thing I thought of when you said you were going to throw the titles in the trash. Remember when Riddick Bell did that? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did throw the trash can. I don't mean literally <laughs> in a trash can. I just mean, look, I, I'll throw it into the audience. I'll let a lucky fan have it. In fact, I might give it to one of these cancer patients here that Mohammed works with. Man, let me tell you, I'm so impressed with this guy. I have never had a client like this guy. My son loves him. I mean, my family loves him. He comes here. He stays in my house. Let me tell you, this this dude is such a good guy and such a, a devoted, just devoted to boxing and devoted to his people. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. He truly is a throwback. All he wants to do is fight. All he wants to do is go out there and take his chance and run with it. And you know what the sad part is? When you sign with the promoter, when you sign with the promoter, they're supposed to have your best interest at heart. These people don't work for us. They work for Kovalev. That's who they work for. They don't give a crap about us. And how do I know this? That's not opinion because of their actions. Their actions are speaking so loud I cannot hear what their mouth says. And the fact that they give us such a ridiculously insulting offer, I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and believe me, once this is signed, if it's signed, I will definitely let you know. I'll come back on the show and let you know because it's public record. We all know that. It's not hidden. Damn right. Damn the, bottom right. Line, the bottom line is this. When 
does the boxing public, okay, put the actions and the dubiousness of people like this ahead of their desire to watch them? Ray Rice is a great running back. I love Ray Rice. Ray Rice went to Rutgers under Greg Schiano. Great player. He fucked up once. He's eligible to come back now to the NFL. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Well, let me ask you something, because he hit a woman. But let me ask you something. How can my African-American fans and my fans of diversity like I am, how can you feel comfortable supporting or watching this guy who did what he did? I'm sorry. I got a problem with that. I, look, listen. Muhammad is a Muslim. John Ali is a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. You got three Muslims, okay? What if we went out and held up a sign depicting, a, 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 let's say, a Jewish guy? A cartoon character of a Jewish guy pulling money out of, out of the back of somebody's pocket, and I put HBO and I put an arrow towards it. You think I'd ever Whoa. fight on their network? Think Whoa. about that now. <laughs> now I'm not saying that's my. Now hold on. I'm not saying that's my no, sentiment no, because you know Jerry Heller is a no, dear friend of mine, and, and I have a lot of Jewish fans, tons. But I'm gonna tell you no, now. I, I, let's let's think I about that. Would I would I fight on their network? Would I fight on their network? Because let me Not tell you, all I keep hearing, Ryan, all I keep hearing is, well, HBO wants to do this. and wa- Show me HBO's promoter's license, but you're going to cry about Al Heyman. Let me tell you something. Al Heyman is not a bad man. I, I, I disagree with some of his practices. Now, I've known Al Heyman before because he was in the music business, and I knew him through Easy and Jerry. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Al Heyman is not a bad man. Al Heyman respects the fighters. When Steve Cunningham lost to the Czar Glasgow, his promoter turned their back on him, and they yeah, walked away. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Walked away. They told the he brother sure to did. retire. That man right there served in our military. He deserves respect. He deserves respect. And who did he get the respect from, Mr. Heyman? Mm-hmm. Al Heyman's actions, if you look at it for the fighters, is benefiting these fighters. Because let me tell you something. Al Heyman to this day calls Paul Williams to make sure he's okay. And you saw Paul in those interviews said, I talk to Al Heyman every day. Let me ask you something. Does main events do anything for Rocky Lockridge, who's on the streets of Camden, cracked out? He fought for them. He was a champ for them. You can't set the brother up with a treatment program? Not at all. Uh, It's all about that mighty dollar. You love the dollar, you fall for the dollar. It's that simple. I tell you what, when I die, I want my son and his sons and the sons after that to be able to go in to the archives on YouTube or fight archives or even the Hall of Fame, which next year I will be there with my brother Marco Barrera, okay? And I want them to look at that and say, that's my dad. Not, oh, my dad made $1.5 million. No. I want something that's going to be everlasting. That's why I'm in this game. That's why I'm here. That's why Najib Mohammadi is where he is today. One year ago, nobody knew Najib Mohammadi. Now look at him. I'm telling you now, do your own homework. Go Google the man's fights. This kid has heart upon heart. He's fearless, and that's how you beat Kovalo. That's how you beat him. We're going to take the fight. Ooh. Vince, you always fit in that. Every time I talk to you, online, offline, you always got that, that hot fire, that ether. Damn, you sure you don't want to run for president? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, 
Public office will be in my future. I'm a libertarian, of course. But, but hey, last time that I mentioned a free market, I got to choose of being in the bed with Al Heyman. Maybe if I run for president <laughs> or I run for city council, I might get accused of Al Heyman throwing some hedge fund money under the table for me. I don't even, do you know, I don't even know that man. I've never even met him. I just know of him. You, you I've never even met Sam tonight. Watson. No, 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 I've never even I met Sam Watson. Sam Watson could come in. I don't even know Sam. Sam Watson could walk right by me. He wouldn't even know me. I mean, but yet, here's my promoter. My promoter, who we have done gracious things for, and the first thing out of their mouth is, you're in bed with Al Heyman. You know what it reminds me of? It's like living, meeting a girl, and, you know, you fall in love with the girl, but you got to pay the crimes of what the other dude did to her. That's what it reminds me of. Because I'm like, look, 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 look. You're paranoid. You got Al Heyman on the brain. I ain't with Al Heyman. I respect him. I think his actions are showing that he cares for fighters, that he generally wants to make boxing a universal sport like the NFL. He wants to get it out there. Hey, look, I really don't agree with his complete business model, as young Frank Galarza said. There's parts of it he doesn't appreciate, and I'm on the same wavelength as that young man right there. But am I going to go to the extent of thinking he's the devil? Listen, these are the same people that said how bad Don King was. And look what they did to him. The networks came together and forced him into retirement because they cut him off. They cut him off. But the bottom line is, tell me these fights today are anything equal to the fight that Mr. King put on for how many decades? You think about that. All we ever heard of how bad Don King was from these same people. The same people. Dan Duba used to talk about how bad and dastardly Don King was. The badass black dude from Cleveland. Well, now there's another brother from Cleveland, and they're trying to force him out too with, with this new lawsuits and everything else. Look, that's a Golden Boy lawsuit, thing. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some. They, they, they dropped theirs once that uh, Hopkins fight was made, but now Golden Boy has a lawsuit against all him. But let me ask you this yeah. though. Let me ask you this. Let's say I go beat Kovalev. We we beat Kovalev. Muhammad beats him, wins the IBF title. Do you know who the next person I want to fight is? Adonis Stevenson. I have no problem with Adonis Stevenson. I have no problem with Devon Michelle. He's a goofball, but I have no problem with him. I'll sit down and do business with him. I have no problem with that. But yet, here's what we'll get. No, 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 no. We don't do business without Heyman. Well, what the f- I don't care what you do. It's about the athlete. You ain't the one getting punched in the face. He is. We, we have Archer Beecher is out there, another great champion. Those are the guys I want to fight. Those are the guys that I want to fight. When you go in the joint, you don't fight the littlest dude. You fight the biggest dude. That's how you get your rep. Win, lose, or draw, you get your respect. Najib Mohammadi wants respect. He doesn't care about, well, I want this and this and this and this and that. He's like, look, man, Sergey Kovalev's driving around, flying first class, doing all this other shit. He says, I'm buying my own economy tickets to come over here. Listen, we're hungry. We'll beat this guy. And if we don't, I guarantee you, we're going to look damn good doing it. I guarantee you. All right, Vince. Well, damn. I don't even know how to follow all that up. I, you just, you, Vance, you got bars on bars on bars, and, you know, you educating people who are listening to the show to a lot of games. They think they know because they're tuned into social. They read the regurgitated thoughts of other people who are not intimately involved in the process, and they think they know what it is. So, you are educating and opening minds up and really 
you know, airing, airing stuff out tonight for people. You know, so, you know, what's next? You know, to, like to I said, hey, you got, like, like the five brothers from Compton said, brutally honest. That's all I'm being, brutally honest. I'm not making it up. I'm not exaggerating it. Look, I ain't nobody special. Uh, but the bottom line is when it comes to business, especially with my clients, I'm transparent. And I've held this in. This fight should have been done. And to be held up for so long over such petty stuff, when you're out there throwing other money around for nonsense, that tells me you don't want this fight. I know, mm-hmm. I know they don't want this fight. They don't, look, Mohammedi is high risk, low reward. And I know because when Mohammedi fought Lee Campbell, where was Kovalev's manager? Right there with ringside, whispering in Kathy's ear. I got it on tape. You can watch it. Got it on tape. And they know, they know Mohammedi is no walk in the park. He's fearless. He's got power. And he is not afraid to go in there and take that fight to him. It is low. It is low reward, high risk. So they're doing everything to deter this kid from taking the fight. But at the end of the day, they're helping us. Believe me, they're helping us. I have never seen this kid more hungry or focused. He's up in Big Bear right now. Right now. Right now. On his dollar. So just right, trust me. I got a question for you. Go, oh, if, go ahead. If um, they don't take this next fight with Mohammed, um, does the IBS strip them? Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. The IBF has to go by the deal that we have with main events, which was a sucker deal. And unfortunately, I stepped away. I wasn't at the time. It was done with his previous manager, some woman who knew nothing. The bottom line was I would have put certain verbiage in that contract or requested certain verbiage that if we did come to a disagreement, that a person would be involved. His current promotional contract does not award him that. So the IBF has to follow what the promotional agreement says. The bottom line is this. If we don't come to an agreement, yes, we would lose that number one spot. And I told them that. And guess who number two is? Guess who number two is after us? Archer Beecherville. Oh, Archer oh, Beecherville. That's what I find out. Well, I told them, I said, I said, look at here. Give me what I want or I wish you the best in negotiating with Mr. Heyman, Mr. Michelle, and the, and the very best in fighting Mr. Beaterbev because I believe Archer Beaterbev would knock Sergey Kovalov out within six rounds. I guarantee it. He beat him in the amateur, and he'll beat him again. I guarantee it right here, right now. Archer Beaterbev will knock Sergey Kovalov out in six rounds. Guaranteed. And they don't want that so fight. You, Not at this stage. Well, let me ask you this, then. Well, let's posturize. Let's pause, you know, let's talk about this, then. So we know that we've seen better be as twice on HBO now, so it looks like HBO is trying to get behind him, too. Do you think HBO would put the script on them with Kovalev and pressure them into a fight against him? Well, no, Arthur, Arthur's been on uh, CBS. CBS is where Arthur oh. was on. Arthur was on. Oh, I, okay. think, I don't know if he was on oh, HBO Showtime. before. Showtime. There you oh, go. Right. He, was he was on, on Showtime. Showtime. And then he was mm-hmm. on CBS last time out, and he looked absolutely splendid when he took apart Gabriel Campillo. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Whether they get behind him or not, Sergey Kovalev ain't going to fight that dude. No way, not at no. this juncture, because they're going to no, say, so, so hey, look. Adonis before him. Yeah, exactly, Easily. exactly. And another thing right now, let me tell you something. A year ago, a year ago, Adonis Stevenson looked like the, like the jackass. Right. You know what I mean? With the way that they portrayed everything. Look at how the tables have turned now. Yeah, the tables have turned. Now who's, think about it, Ryan. Now who's BSing who here? Who's BSing uh-huh. who here? 
Think about that now. Yep. The, if it doesn't come out in the wash, brother, it's surely going to come out in the rinse, and it has. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, and, and You're right. Let me tell you, I got I to gotta give him a salute. I got to give the champ up there in Montreal a big salute because he did not take that route, you know, after they did that, when they posted that. Ra- Let me tell you, whew, if that was me and he posted something racist like that on me, boy, I would have Brother Minister Farrakhan at your front door tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we, we, we had a, a, a time discussing it on this show, you know. I had a, a little commentary about that myself. And, you know, I punctuated with it with, don't tell me how to feel. I'm black. I'm entitled to feel however I like. And if you don't like the way I feel, kiss my ass. If that's and, and you have every right to that. And you have every right to that. I'm just shocked that other other writers haven't done the same. I want to know, where does this guy get the pass? I mean, look, he's not a good guy. He's not a good... Sergey Kovalev is not a good guy, all right? Just so that you know that. Don't think he's like this nice guy. I mean, he's had his problems with the law up in Big Bear, California. He was excused from Abel Sanchez's gym, okay? Told not to return, all right? This dude is not a good guy. He's not. Very selfish individual. Very jealous individual. He wants to be Gennady Golovkin so bad, it's not even funny. He looks mm. at the success and how Golovkin is carried and everything else and the money that Golovkin's making, and that's what he wants. That's what he wants. But it's not going to happen because it all starts with self. You can't be a scumbag and come out looking like a hero. It doesn't work that way. It all starts oh. with self. You're greedy. You're a snake. You see, you crawl. You don't walk with dignity. I mean, look at some of these tents. Gennady Golovkin, where he goes, he can walk down any street in America with his chin high. Same with Andre Ward. I don't care what anybody says about Andre Ward not fighting or anything. That man right there is a personal man. I think he's a great athlete. I think he just has some business issues he has to iron out. That's fine, though. But look at him. When he's in there, does he or does he not perform like a champion? Of course he does. You don't read about Andre Ward stealing things, getting in trouble with the law, making racist. That man is class. Gennady Golovkin is class. You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has their demons. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has their issues and faults. But when you have a habitual pattern of being a scumbag, that's what you are. That's what you are. And believe me, this, this, that's how bad we want to fight this guy. I wish I was fighting this guy. I can't stand him. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Vince, it has been a pleasure. Ether, as usual, you know, you have an open door to return whenever you like. Um, Thank you. you. Where's the other brother tonight, by the way? Where's the other brother? He's missing from the show here. Uh, Brandon Stubbs, Ishmael. Ishmael, where's Ishmael at? I think he's tweeting for us, but, you know, he's wrapping it up because – He's heading out to Vegas in the morning, and but I, I know he's tuned in. He's tuned into the show, so he's making his prep to to cover the fight in uh, Vegas. So that's probably okay. what he's up to tonight. So just me and Ryan holding it down for this week. Well, you tell that brother I said hello. I thank you so much for having will. me on the show. I love you guys. I really do. I love your show. Ryan, continue doing what you're doing. Deandra, of course, continue. You always will have my support to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Take care. All right, guys. Have a good night. Okay.
Whew. How do we follow that? Oh, uh, can't. <laughs> Honestly, can't. He killed it. Um, we just about really to change subjects. <laughs> we only got about 30 minutes left, so. Uh, shit. Well, I guess we'll jump right back into, um, I mean, there's not too much we could say about about Mayweather Pacquiao that we haven't said already. We already covered Crystal Jennings. We talked about yeah, um, you know, that's what people probably want to talk about. That's yeah. that they call. I if you're a guest and uh you listen to the show you want to call and announce the time. Because um, we don't really feel yeah, like talking you, about Mayweather Pacquiao. But if you do, you should call in. Exactly, because we've just had enough of it. I'm over it. I'm just ready for it to be done already. I don't really have too much more to weigh in. We've set our predictions. They've made their way to town. You know what the issues is. The fight goes on. They had their fight arrival, the press conference, the weigh-in, and all the particulars that happened during the fight week are going down. Vegas is too expensive. A lot of hoes are going to be there. There's too many parties, too many people. It's going to be crowded. Be safe. Don't drink too much. That's our script for Mayweather Pacquiao, I'll give, so I don't really have I'll give more. a specific prediction because I don't think I'm okay. specific yet. Uh, all right. I got Mayweather by split decision, and not not because it's going to be that close. Like I think he's clearly going to win the fight. It's just not going to be a matter of Pacquiao got robbed or whatever. It's just one judge is going to fuck up because in the fight of this magnitude, they always fuck up. One judge always manages to fuck up, so that's why I'm saying split I, decision. I agree. I completely agree with that exact prediction. That is my same prediction. Mayweather by split decision. Hell, when the fight was announced, that was my prediction. Mayweather by split decision. So, yeah, we are definitely on the same page. You know, for those of you, you know, you see the info on badculture.net on the undercard, a bunch of, um, what do you call it, showcase fights. Leo Santa Cruz getting a lot of money on the card. We've got, uh, oh, you can talk about Jesse Hart. Let's talk about Jesse Hart. You and Daryl oh, went yeah. to Jesse Hart's media day in Philadelphia. You know, let's talk about that guy. That's a good kid. You know, it was Jesse Hart, like the hottest thing Top Rank has going right now as far as, you know, his mouth. Um, I think his skills are there too, but, you know, we definitely have to see more of them against high-level opposition. But, but for right now, the guy can talk. Like, uh, mm-hmm. most fighters today can't talk half as good as Jesse Arcan. I mean, he can really sell himself. So, you know, once once he finally gets on that big stage and gets that, you know, uh, career-defining win or whatever, you have to look out for this guy because this, he is Mr. Personality. And uh, so if you check out the uh, the media day at the uh, Johan Gym that he did on Monday uh, of this week, uh, I have uh, photos from Daryl Cobb, videos from myself, and uh, I wrote a little something. You check that out on badcoach.net. And, man, the guy is just just like a beast. The way he trains, yeah. the way he... And he's also like he a very family-oriented. Like, um, he had all his, his family. He was, you know, he was kind of uh, uh, in arms with them as he was doing the interview. You know, had them talk to. Um, mm-hmm. And his father is uh, Eugene Tycho Hart, you know, former uh, middleweight contender uh, back back in a, a golden era of the middleweight division. Uh but mm-hmm. that's not here nor there. Um, Jesse Hart is fighting uh, Hollywood Mike Jimenez on the May Pack undercard. I'm not sure if Top Rank TV is showing it or not. Standard uh, procedure for Top Rank undercards of, of this magnitude would be to have it on Top Rank TV. But since Mayweather Promotions is the lead promoter for this, I don't know how that works. 
So uh, maybe you can't see it on TV. You can definitely see it if you're in the arena, but you're not getting in the arena because you don't have a ticket. (laughs) Well, here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Ticketmaster and all their, all their, they're so lovely. Ticketmaster sent me a lovely email informing me that I could purchase a Mayweather Pacquiao package, which would include a pre-fight experience party and one fight ticket. And the cheapest one was $6,000. Look at that. Oh, Ticketmaster is so sweet. Look at that. Look how they're looking out. But, <laughs> that's so sweet. But as far as Jesse Hart goes, Jesse Hart, Jesse Hart did, I think, the very first drop for Bad Culture Radio, Daryl. Shout out to Daryl for getting it recorded. And he had a gang of personality on that day. I'm going to play the drop he did. I opened the show with it sometime because his is my favorite out of all the drops that we've had done for us. Of course, my Wi-Fi is, like, super-duper slow, but it'll come on at the most inopportune. But it'll come on at some point while we're talking, probably when I don't want it to. But, yeah, Jesse Hart, good for him. Good look for Philly. Going to be on the on the big stage, so congratulations to him. That's that's quite an accomplishment. Is he is he a Heyman fighter or no? No, no, Tom Hart. Um, his uh, manager okay. is uh, D D D management. So um, I, I know those guys personally. And uh, yeah, just, I hope Bob Aaron does not win. That's that's all I can say because Bob Aaron's track record with African American fighters is not the best. So, Not at all. So Not at all. Other, but D&D you know, doesn't really have a Al Heyman relationship or a relationship with any other promoter that's that good. Maybe Pelt's Boston to a degree, joining promotions, but no, nothing nothing really big besides Tom Wright. Do, so, do you think if we had Jesse on the show, he would follow the, the line of Jesse, of uh, Mike Reed and... And and predict the uh, Pacquiao victory. Yeah. <laughs> they got their script ahead of time. Mike Reed predicted Pacquiao, and who else was yeah, it? You know, when I was at his media day, I, I mean, I know that was the question I, I was kind of supposed to ask. You know, who's going to win there with Pacquiao? I couldn't bring myself to do it because I, I didn't want to have to have him on camera saying Pacquiao was going to right. win. I, 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 right. I didn't want to do this, my boy. Uh, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I feel you. I'm not mad at you. You know, sometimes it's just like you don't want to be Captain Obvious and, and ask the obvious. You you know, leave it to the young knucklehead who get credential for fights just because they've got these over-sensationalized videos that get a lot of hits on YouTube for asking the same stupid, silly, regurgitated-ass questions. Ugh. But let me let me get myself together and get my little – I'm acting like Prince in Purple Rain. I feel like the big dude's going to come out the back and say, nobody wants to hear your personal shit on stage, kid. So let me get myself together and uh, um, not start with that. We got a question from LRS on Twitter. He wants Holla. to know what we think of Chavez Jr. choosing middleweights for his next opponent and Cotto asking GGG to step aside. <laughs> well, I think well, that. Well, I'm gonna let you go first, since you brought the question to the table. Because we already know what I'm gonna say, so you go. You go first. Well, look, Shadow Jr. He made a career off of fighting people that were very small. Okay, mm-hmm. because when you fight people that are very small, you can get hit a lot, and it doesn't hurt. At least, it doesn't hurt that much. You know, you can just kind of walk through it. He finally got in there with a guy his size, and he got knocked out. 
So he doesn't want to repeat that, and that's why it's calling out middleweights. However, Marlon Murray is a very big middleweight. Um, he, he he already said he wanted to go to super middleweight. So that fight, I'm okay with. Um, Murray can't punch. Can't punch. Mm-hmm. So that that does work in Chavez's favor. So I, I don't think uh, you know Chavez is going to be knocked out by Murray. But at the same time, Murray should outbox Chavez pretty easily. So mm-hmm. unless that Chavez gets a robbery, like him against Ryan Vera. <laughs> I, I saw Murray boxing better than Brian Vera. So I, I, I honestly, I don't think it'll be a close fight. I think Murray should win a wide decision. But who knows? Who knows what these judges will say? It depends where the fight happens. So, Thomas Jr. needs to knock it off. <laughs> yes, knock it off. You know, Thomas Jr. is in the right direction. You know, he needs to fight guys that can't punch or, or are too small. That's that's pretty much his options to to make it as a middleweight, super middleweight, whatever he wants to call himself these days. Why don't that's we just for, go the opposite direction and just snatch people out of the olden days who don't even fight anymore? You know, find him some tomato kicks. <laughs> My God! Yeah, grabbing people out of retirement is also an option. Like, um, yeah. shit, man, he can grab little people out of retirement. I, I still might pick him to win. Like, if if Joe Calzaghe came out of retirement, yeah, I still think. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't know. Joe Calzaghe, you know, got a lot of bravado. Calzaghe might slap the shit um, out of him to death. Sydney Robinson was cool the shit out of Chavez. Of course. I mean, there's not really too many people Chavez can beat. I'm sorry. The guy, I, I said it when the Chavez Alfaro fight was first announced. First announced, like months before it actually happened. I said, you sure this did? is a joke. Chavez is going to get his ass whooped. I can't believe you they sure made this did. bullshit. You sure did. You most certainly, you absolutely did. I can't front on you in any way. The show, the day that hit the news, the news wire, we had the show. I think it hit the news wire the same day we had a show. And you were like, uh-uh, nope, nope, not fun far. He's going to get his ass beat. You caught that from the jump. But, you know, that's why we keep you around. You're the smart one. I'm the pretty one. You're the smart <laughs> one. So, you know, that's, anyway, that's, that's, that's what it. it is. But, um, part and two. then he part said, uh, total, Koto. yeah. And, uh, Asking Triple G to step aside. Well, come on, of course he's supposed to add Triple G to set the side. He wants him to set the side. Triple G. Well, we talked about, I I would prefer, Miguel Cotto, come on now. In recent, you know, after the fight with Margarito, Cotto started taking on this goon moniker with all the tattoos and a frowny-ass face and the scullies, and it's a Knicks game and just looking like a goon. And as such, I would prefer that Cotto, man, you're already in in the fall slash winter of your career. Shit, go out on your sword. Go out on your sword. Let the let the let the boy from Kazakhstan get his shine. Come out to Seven Nation Army with his with his fly ass robe and go out on your shield. You know, because then you still take the respect factor with you because you lost to a formidable opponent. Let's just say he makes the fight with K Nine Bundridge and Bundridge comes with some wild ass overhand fight like he does, and he accidentally accidentally knocks him out. What if that does manifest and he accidentally knocks him out? Or the fight with Canelo, the fight that they say. I would yeah, because I, I think it, it the, uh, the Gill fight, that's on HBO, and HBO only agreed to the fight if Canelo was next. So Right, that, and I would, I would much rather see That's disgusting. I would much rather see him lose to Triple G than see him lose to Canelo, because at least it's somebody in his quote-unquote weight division as the quote-unquote 
lineal champion. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Fight the well, best thing in the Honestly, I, you know, I, I, I wish Cotto well. Uh, I know he's, he's not really doing it for his fans these days. And yeah, I got that good luck for Cotto. He could potentially, like potentially beat Gil and uh, Canelo. Those are winnable fights to me. Exactly. And those are fights that, you know, enhance his legacy. But, but these are not respect. G, I'm sorry. They're not respect garnering fights. I would rather him go blood and gut with Golovkin and – they spin it well. It ain't gonna go the distance. But this version of Cotto, this is like a WBA version of Cotto, as opposed to the formidable <laughs> Cotto that took all challenges during his career. To see him to start nitpicking and cherry picking and and doing this this at this point in his career after building his legacy on that guy that never backed down from challenges, it it, it sucks. It sucks. I like Cotto, and I don't like this version of Cotto, this political peak crock ass Cotto. I don't like this version. It, it, once you make uh, eight figure payday, because that, that's what he got when he fought Mayweather. He's still going to get paid. He's still yeah, going to well, get paid. He's not making eight figures. He's not making no eight figures against a guy like Triple G. He'll make it against Canelo. Well, so that, no, that, that he, definitely well, makes sense. He, you don't know what Rock Nation particulars he has. Since he's a quote unquote partner with Rock Nation, he oh, might yeah, be yeah, negotiating yeah. something different. So he's going to get paid if he fought Golovkin. He he's the A side in the fight. He's the lineal champion in the fight, and he's got with the promoter that's got more money behind him. Not to mention he's a partner with his promoter, not just promoted by the partner. He's going to make his money. He's just acting like a punk. Take the damn fight with Golovkin and keep it pushing. Damn the fight with Canelo, who doesn't even know what weight he wants to fight at these days. Take the fight with Golovkin and 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 be the middleweight champion. Don't somebody who oh I'm a light middleweight. Well maybe I'm a middleweight, but I walk around as a super middleweight. But I don't know. I'm a sex symbol. I don't know. I don't know. Fight Golovkin. That's the fight the fans want to see. I have more interest in seeing a fight with Golovkin than I ever will see a fight with him and Canelo. I have no interest in seeing a fight with Canelo. The only Canelo fight I want to see is a rematch with Eric Landy Lodge, and that's never going to happen. That's the only Canelo fight I'm interested in. So there's that. So thank you, Tweeter, for your question. We love questions on this show. If You know, if you're calling in and I'm not picking up your line, my sincere <laughs> apologies. Because, you know, I, I live in the hood, and my Wi-Fi is trash. Before, so. What you got? There's, there's one more fight we need to recap. It was on Friday. Okay. And okay. it was the upset of the year. Bobby Jack literally oh, yeah. won a perfectly legitimate 12-round right. decision against Anthony DeBraw, a guy that's natural talent far exceeds his. Oh, 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 oh. That didn't come in there. Is now a light heavyweight champion, a world light heavyweight he champion. This he, he is the fourth fighter Mayweather promotion no, has super. produced. Super middle. Super middleweight, yeah, super middleweight champion. My, my mistake. Um, Mayweather yeah, now has four world champions. You know, well, there's Mayweather, then there's E. J. Smith, um, uh, 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 Mickey Bay, and and now Bobby Jack. This is a legitimate promotional company. That they have more, yeah. they have produced more world champions than a lot of promotional companies out there. That's right. you know, it, for especially new ones. You know, this hasn't been around that long. What what they they finally got their license for the second Maidana fight, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Nevada yeah. license, anyways. So yeah, they they have been doing good things. Uh, you know, we used to laugh at them. You know, laugh at their guys getting knocked out on showbox and shit like that. But they stay grinding. You know, these guys are in the gym fighting. You know, sparring and, and working with some of the best fighters in the world. And obviously, they have a lot of dedication. And, and they have good trainers. They have, they have very good trainers. Um, Jack's trainer um, was a former light heavyweight champion, one, one of the all-time greatest, in my opinion. At least I, I would rate him, I'd say, in the top 30 of, of the best light heavyweight champions we've ever had. Uh, his name is Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. Uh, he's mm-hmm. also worked with Chad Dawson, um, uh, some other world champions that are still fighting today. Although I'm not sure if Chad Dawson is still fighting. Uh, has anybody heard of Chad Dawson lately? You know, is he on a, a middle card yet? I, honestly, I, I think he disappeared. But hey, maybe maybe it was his time. Anyways, Bobby Jack, man, I'm impressed. That that was amazing. I, yeah, I it is. It. I, I even changed my Twitter name because I was so impressed. Because I, I said, "There's no way he's going to win the fight. There's it's, 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 no chance." I thought he trolling, but man. Yeah, I know that you made the change, but, you know, and it's so funny. In the build-up to this fight, this Bobby Jack, Anthony Jarrell fight, I was so amused by the way that the network that quite promoted it. They were the top guy, Bobby Jack. You know, maybe think of that Dave Dash interview, like, you know, if you don't call him man, you're born. You might as well call him your daddy. And the way they, like, hyped it up all on Mayweather's back that, you know, especially because Bobby Jack, the way he lost in the last fight, he got clapped. To see him bounce back, Wow. But, you know, my girl Michelle, shout out to my girl Michelle Rosado. Michelle called that shit, too, before the fight. She said on her Raising, on Raising Bay Radio, the show we did together, she said, you know, I'm seeing Darrell out in the streets a lot. Every time I turn on a PBC broadcast, no matter where it is, he's there, he's hanging out. How you tra- how can you train if you just bout it and out on the scene like that all the time? Oh. I don't think you can really train properly. See, this this is inside information I need to know. I need to know the information, man, because although but I know Jack did great. I, I give him all the credit in the world. Anthony Durrell did not look like he wanted to fight that night. I was yeah, like, yo, um, can somebody please day. tell him to give a shit? Because he, he, he did not give me the impression that he was a world champion that wanted to, to, to defend his title. Like, he was just, like, there. He's like, yo, when's this fight going to end? I'm trying to go somewhere. You know, but man, you know, she called that. But, I mean, that's not insider information. If you go back and you watch the shit on CBS, on NBC, on Spike, hell, you see him in, in the audience, Anthony Durrell, super middleweight champion. But you don't see Andre Durrell sitting in the audience. Andre Durrell, that's why he was always the better fighter. He's laying back in the cut doing what he got to do so he can get his next title fight. He's probably going to be in Oakland trolling Andre Ward. Trust me, when I go to Oakland for this Andre Ward fight, because I'm I'm driving up there, I'm finding Andre Durrell because he um, I can almost guarantee he's going to be sitting ringside for that fight. If he's not sitting ringside, he's tripping. But he's going to be at that fight, or at least he should be. Oh, speaking of um, Andre Ward, I have to do a little bit low-key trolling just for my man, Mike Boyd because we know that he loves all things Andre Ward. Andre Ward is fighting at a catchweight. We know Mike Boyce does not like catchweights, neither do I, but his man, Andre Ward, is fighting at a catchweight. So I thought yep. that was interesting in this fight against Nope. She still, but, she still know, has one title. 
You know what's funny? He, the one title he still has is actually a WBA title. Even the ring, ring magazine strips him. Their title isn't even real, but they stripped him. So the only title he has is a WBA super title. Uh, oh, man, the wow. WBA. Yeah, what will so we, we do with boxing these days? <laughs> you know, we got 11 minutes in the show, but I guess we could start wrapping it up because I'm just not going to talk about Mayweather Pacquiao anymore. I think everyone has had their fill of coverage, and we've weighed in on it enough. And I need to pack because I'm going to Vegas tomorrow too. Despite not being credentialed, I'm still about that grind life. I still will have content on badculture.net. Because I am resourceful as hell, and I'm going to make sure I bring the people to the boxing and the boxing to the people, like I always do. I might be a little, if you see me in Vegas, I'm a little cognito. You might think you not recognize me. I'm kind of, I'm channeling my inner my inner black girl, and I have a lot of braids right now. So if you see somebody who looks like me with braids, it is me. You know, so come up and say what's up, you know, and order a Hood Runner t-shirt. For my Teespring, for everybody who's been rocking the Hood Runner T-shirts, the pictures of social media, thank you so much. That is so beautiful. I think that's dope. As fight, as fans of fighting, you should all have Hood Runner T-shirts because if you're doing road work, you're probably doing it in a hood anyway. So pick up a Hood Runner T-shirt. So for the good of the order, anything you want to close with, Ryan, before we wrap it up for this week? Um, let's see. Who else is fighting this week? Uh me and my daughter, she don't clean her room. <laughs> Wait, Isha Smith is coming back. I, I oh, yeah, that's right. There's the, there's, <laughs> there's the Isha, oh, Lord. So basically we can take a nap, and then we've got the True TV card, top-ranked True TV card that has uh, Ray Beltran versus Al. Right. That card is also this week. Shout-out to Christina Poncher because I think she's a uh, – on the broadcast desk for that fight. Raging That's Maze, an interesting fight, I think. For her. Yeah, so good My for God. her. That's going to be at the Cosmo. Beltran should be like favorite, but mm-hmm. Al is not a walkover. You know, Al, Al can box. He can't punch yeah. that much. Honestly, I, so. I think Beltran might even be the B-side. I remember seeing a commercial, well, and I thought they announced it. It's a it. promotion, and he's with Top Rank, right? I mean, Al is just yeah, that B-side at Top but I could have sworn, and maybe the commercial screwed it up. I could have sworn the commercial well, said Al is the mandatory. Beltran. Yeah, wait, uh, yeah, it should be his name first because he's the mandatory. Um, but okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's the only reason the fight's happening because he has to get the title shot. You know, it's it's just top rank. You know, they won the first bit or whatever, and uh, they're staging the fight. But yeah, they they have no right. interest in Al. But he, he yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. Got it. Just got a headline. Oh. So, I like Beltran, though. I, I, I like to see him, you know, pull out the victory. You know, something about him, durable guy, tough guy. So, you know, good, good dude. He's coming off a hard so loss, we'll see how it, Yeah, he is. He's coming off a he very hard loss. He definitely is. A he, didn't just, he didn't just lose to Terrence Crawford. He got beat the, up. He really got yeah, beat up. Terrence Crawford is I was the surprised truth, how bad he got beat up. Terrence Crawford is really the truth. I was already a believer, but, man, the more of Terrence Crawford I see, the more – People should fear that man. That's a bad, bad man right there. So we'll see how it Ooh. goes. So, Ooh, also Crawford. on Friday, also on Friday, before the uh, the True TV card happens that night, very early in the morning, at least you know here in the United States, there's a fight going on in Japan between Takashi Miura and Billy Dib. 
for Damn. him. Billy did get his ass beat. Billy did Billy did my tired of getting his ass beat. He is getting the living shit beat out of him in this fight. <laughs> it is going to be ridiculous. If you throw Chavez Jr. guys ass up against Paul Fowler, you ain't seen shit yet. I can't believe yeah. they made this fight for Billy Dib. I'm I'm playing for the guy. I really am. He's gonna get hurt. He is really gonna yeah. get hurt. And he's he's already been in fights where his guys ass a little bad so many times before. I mean, what are they doing? What fifty if you just on promoter, I don't even know. But how do you make this fight for Billy Dib? It makes no sense at all. He's moving up in weight. He's fighting a monster at the weight. This guy <laughs> is relentless. He can punch, and even if you hurt him, he doesn't give up. He comes right back, and he'll hit you with another bomb. There's no way to stop <laughs> Billy Dib is not a cute boxer, okay? Like, if you were a real crafty guy, you know, you know, can spur roll, you know, give angles, you know, to do stuff to, to throw a, a, a relentless fighter off, that's one thing. But that's not Billy Dib. Billy Dib just gets in there and, you know, lets his hands go and hopes for the best. He's not a big puncher. He's not very good on defense. Um, he's just pretty average, honestly, and he's past his prime, okay? His best days are behind him. He has taken beating, no. and he's only looking worse. And now he's fighting a guy that's the number two fighter in his division and is just uh, – mm. Just a wrecking ball. I feel bad for you. I do. I, I don't know why they took. They could have took another fight. There was like another world title fight that they could have had instead. I think there was uh, the IBF title. Um, they they could have fought that guy. Um, shit, what's his name? Uh, I remember when when um the Cuban vacated his belt. He. He stepped in and got the, the, the mandatory status. Oh, let me look at the super public names real quick. I'll tell you one side. I'll look at the list. Sippy said, don't like little American worth a damn. That's why he gave him that fight. Jose Bajasin, that's it. He could have fought Jose Bajasin for the vacant IBF title. Bajasin, yep. good fighter, skilled fighter. You know, probably outboxed it. He would probably be dead too. But at least he wouldn't have put Dib in the hospital. Dib is in trouble. It's bad news. I'm mad the fight's happening, but I'm going to watch it. Oh, of course you are. You would not be Ryan Bivens if you didn't. So with that, I thank you all for listening to another of the Rockers podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you visit badculture.net. Make sure you visit Sweet Boxing Ratings. Make sure you buy a Hood Runner T-shirt. If you want a Hood Runner T-shirt, go to my Instagram, same spelling like Twitter, Giandra underscore LaBeouf. The link is in the bio. Support your girl. Put a T-shirt on. Go run some miles. You probably need to run them anyway. Get up off the computer. Put your earphones on. Do some road work. Good for you. Good for your heart. Check your community out. Let people see you out doing something productive. Prayers and power for the city of Baltimore. Baltimore, I got nothing but love for you. I've been to Baltimore before. You know, we know I love the shit out of the wire. So prayers and power to the city and the people of all people of Baltimore. You know, let's let's bring it together. Thank you again to our, our guests, Frank Galarza and Vince Caruso. Thank you, Ryan, because I know you're under the weather. I appreciate you jumping in with me as usual. I'll be in Vegas tomorrow, so if you see me, holler. And this is Ruckus. Good night.
with it or get lost. I mean, that quick radio 